0: Pulp MX production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by Racer X, presented by btosports.com and Thor MX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
1: Welcome to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Thor MX. Uh, Thanks to those guys for coming on. And remember, you can save at BTOsports.com by typing in Pulp MX. Uh, Save some money there and support Thor MX as well. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is an esteemed member of the Michigan Mafia, a two-time 125 national winner, and uh, one of the fastest guys in his era through the whoops, uh, none other than Keith Bowen. Bones, what's up, man?
0: Oh, well, not much. Just, uh, just living a life here in Michigan. It's, it's cold here and, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, not doing much of anything working.
1: Right. Um, you, uh, you going to make it to any races this year? I saw you in Indy, I think a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. I usually try to go to Indy every, every once in a while. I'll get out to Red Bud, but, uh, yep. I don't, I don't really get to too many. Um, this Saturday for the first time, I'm going to go, uh, See the nuclear cowboys and uh, oh, nice. see what that's all about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so what are you doing now for the for the fans and listening? Uh, what's going on in Keith Bowen's life? Uh, where are you working? What you doing?
0: I'm a mechanic at a bike shop here in Waterford, and mm-hmm. uh, they uh, they work on bikes. Uh, it's a suspension shop, uh, tech care suspension, and um, I don't do a whole lot of suspension. I'm more of a uh, actually a ATV right now, snowmobile mechanic.
2: But, yeah, right. Huh?
0: We do bikes in this a lot of bikes in the summer, street bikes, dirt bikes. Yep. Whatever. Do you
1: do you ride much at all? Do you get out at all?
0: No, I uh I don't ride. It seems well, number one, I'm usually sore for a couple weeks after <laughs> I ride. But, yeah, right. But uh I still uh I still think I can go as fast as I used to go and uh <laughs> I, I still I still feel pretty good but mm-hmm. man, I'm sore I'm sore afterward. Right,
1: <laughs> right. Um Hey, I did one of these with Todd De Hoop a little while ago and uh question I asked him and and, and it's probably hard for you to answer because you don't wanna seem like you're bragging, but where are you in the Michigan Mafia rankings? Obviously Stanton number one, right? Uh yourself won some nationals, Nick Way won a national, uh there's Bigelow brothers, Todd himself, um, you know, one twenty five supercross Alan, champion. Alan King, Alan <laughs> King won nationals. Um, where are you in the Michigan Mafia, Bowen? Where is your membership number?
0: I, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good riders came out of Michigan. Now. Yeah,
1: really, right? Why? Why is that? I mean, let's face it. You guys have snow uh, a lot of the year, just like uh, growing up in Canada, like like me. So why? What made Michigan guys so good?
0: Well, I guess we uh, could could ride a uh, mud for one, and uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of times in the spring and in the fall, we'd be racing while it was snowing and muddy. And mm-hmm. uh, Myself, I would, uh, uh, I'm sure everybody knows Eddie Warren, and he was my main c- competitor at, as an amateur. And uh, At first, he would usually beat me, and I just decided one winter that I'm going to ride all winter long. And, and to ride all winter long without going to Florida or somewhere, it Right. Was, Stud your tires and plow your motocross track and ride on that
1: for real that's what you did
0: <laughs> that's, that's what I did <laughs> jeez
1: um yeah, Eddie Warren, one of those guys came and went really quick um just gone lives in Australia now I guess Never... Yeah,
0: that's what I hear
1: um hey let's get uh let's go way back in the way back time machine um, you were one of the first guys when I talked to Davy Coombs when I talked to. Old time Yamaha guys, you know I worked there for for a few years as a mechanic. Uh, when I talk to people about amateur racing, you your name comes up as the first like hyped up superstar. Like before, you know before then it, it just wasn't what it was. And 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 when everyone thinks of a guy that was really fast as an amateur, it was it was Keith Bowen a lot of times. Um, do you remember like being hyped up and getting a lot of press and people? Really being into you uh, as you rode for an amateur, as you rode Yamaha's in the amateur scene.
0: Well, I started out uh, just as a um, well, yeah. I started out with, with with nothing like everybody else, and then I ended up getting sponsorship through a dealership, uh, Dynamic Cycle, which a lot of good riders had had uh, was on the Dynamic team, and um, well, Lisa Aiken, um, the Bigelow brothers, all four of them,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Jim Wolfenbarger. He was a fast amateur rider out of Michigan. Uh um, and got a Yamaha support ride, which was I think like a free bike and a thousand dollars a thousand dollars worth of parts or something. Yep. Which in nineteen eighty was pretty good, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> but uh anything helps. Then we started travelling a lot. Um what a lot of people don't know is I, I went from riding eighty seven to eleven to uh so 125 uh, schoolboy and uh, 125A, I never rode B or anything.
1: Wow. And, you, were that, you were that quick, like that good, to just make the jump?
0: No, I, I didn't. Uh, the B class was, con- was considered kind of a wild class. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad said, well, you're not going to win right away, but you'll learn more riding with the, the faster guys. Right. So it took me a couple years. when I eventually started winning. and
1: Yeah. Which is Uh, pretty much the exact opposite of what the guys do nowadays. You know what I mean? Whereas they try to stay as long as they can.
0: Yeah. No, I never rode a a B class ever. And uh, um, we started traveling a lot more, and people started seeing my name. And uh, I think um, Yamaha sponsored a couple riders a year directly through the factory, Mm -hmm. Uh, where you kind of got basically a factory ride. Without the salary. Right. Just flow, flown to the races, mechanic, box fan, um, pretty much unlimited bikes and parts.
1: And this was in 83 when, when you turned pro? Uh,
0: th- I actually got that, that ride in uh, 81. Well, I think it was a rider out of John or Kite and Ron Lachine. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I got that ride. It was me and Lachine in 82, and then Lachine turned pro uh in 83 and it was me in 83
1: um wow as an amateur so you were on the team you were just yeah big time
0: yeah so we always well, we flew up they flew me out the world mini for 83 i won uh, all my classes there Ponca city i won three out of four classes there in 83 and mm-hmm. then uh two classes at loretta Lynn's that year right so i had a pretty good year that year
1: yeah no so, doubt what do you remember about early loretta's uh i don't know if you've ever been back since uh but it's uh you know it's quite a quite a happening now. What do you remember from Loretta's in '83? It would have been only one or two years old by then.
0: Yeah, I was there. I won. I won. Um, actually, I won an amateur national in the 125 schoolboy the year before, which was before Loretta's. It was uh, at a different track every year. Mm-hmm. That was at uh, Reedsville, North Carolina, and then, uh, uh, I the in, uh, and then I won the 258 uh, class in '82, and then I won the think 125A and 250A in 83. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went back as a uh, plus 25 rider in Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: 96 and 97 I won a couple titles those years and then I went back again like in '02 or '03, won a couple three more titles.
1: Right. So can you believe the the change from 83 <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> back
0: back in uh 82 i think the first year actually i think Paca city was a lot bigger than, right. than loretta lens but it's pretty much the race if you want to do anything you have to ride loretta lens down to so, get recognized
1: <laughs> so in 83 when you turn pro is it right on the factory team or what kind of support, no. what kind of ride is that
0: i mean oh, i i still had my same bikes that i was riding uh as an amateur mm-hmm. um, we took those, and actually, uh, my dad had a tool and die shop, an origin shop, and my brother raced, so he, he couldn't go. So, Chris Bigelow took me to my first two pro races in his van, because he was uh, retiring.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, he was kind of my mentor and my coach for the first two races. Uh, but, first race was at... Um, uh, Lakewood. Colorado. Yeah, Lakewood. Yep. fifth
1: uh, fifth overall in the 250 class like can you imagine if some dude shows up now and gets fifth overall at this first place you know like
0: fifth overall and i think sixth overall at millville the following week
1: yeah what do you remember about those races like was it like were you like holy shit i can't believe uh i'm doing this or was it sort of not easy but you know what i mean was it like oh look at this i fit right in
0: no it was uh i kind of felt like a should have been there, you know I worked yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, um, just it was just another race to me. Oh, I was right. so young I was was sixteen, seventeen years old.
1: Mm-hmm. Um in yeah eighty three would have been like Bailey, Hannah, Glover. No, I no mean Glover's in five hundred then. Um yeah, Bailey, Hannah and and uh Lyles and those guys. Yeah. Uh, uh so eighty four yeah. do you get a factory ride for eighty four?
0: Yes, 84, at the end of 83, I, uh...
1: Yamaha's like, holy had, crap.
0: It's <laughs> different off I had a, a couple offers, and I, and I went with Yamaha. Yep.
1: Yeah. What What else did you because have?
0: I had, been with for, uh, I had been with Yamaha for so long, so I had stuck with them. But, um, actually, Honda had offered me something. Which, uh, we didn't know at the time Yamaha was going to go to production bikes for 83, or for 84, rather. Um, yeah. That wasn't made, um public oh, but, yeah. later on.
1: So would you have had a works Honda?
0: I, I'm not sure. Right. I don't really remember. Yeah, but it yeah. was a, a pretty good deal with mm-hmm. Honda. And uh, uh, also uh, Kawasaki had made me some sort of an offer, too, which I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I think it was more of uh, the support ride that Kawasaki had. So you,
1: um, you took the Yamaha offer?
0: Yeah, and I took the Yamaha offer.
1: How much was and, it for? Do you remember?
0: Uh, I think it was uh around thirty thousand
1: pretty good money, seventeen years old or whatever you were huh
0: yeah um. yeah um you know I rode with for them for four or five years yeah um but I remember going in there one year um and i was signing a two year contract and and uh we didn't have agents back then in fact yeah. i my parents told me Yamaha that I was going to get an agent. And they said, we won't even talk to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: So uh, things were different. But mm-hmm. I remember asking for bonuses for first, second, third. And uh, Yamaha said, uh, we don't care nothing about second and third. You get bonuses for first only. <laughs> yeah. They agreed to everything else, you know, all right, the money right. that they asked for. But no, no bonuses for second, third. <laughs> now I think they get bonuses down the... Well, I don't know
1: anymore, but there used to be bonuses for heat race wins. Even you know, um,
0: I, I did get bonuses for heat race wins. I got a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars for a heat race win, and five thousand for an overall, and for a hundred thousand for
1: championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Eighty four, the first time I remember reading about you, and I was just a kid in Canada, was Bob Hanna said he was going to break your neck. Uh, you and Bob Hanna had a bunch of run-ins in '84, and and he was not happy with you. And of course, the magazines, they they love Bob, so he was everywhere talking about this interview. But I don't remember too many like, "Hey, let's get Keith Bowen's side of the story uh, and see what happened." So, did you take him out? What what was the incidences that made Bob say he was going to break your neck?
0: Uh, well, we had we, we did have a bunch of run-ins. It seems like we were always stuck together, but um. Actually, uh, I rode for HRP Clothing as an amateur
2: for, okay. <laughs>
0: for three or four years. Yeah, yeah. and once I, uh, I had always looked up to Bob Hanna and I and I looked up to Mike Bell. And once I turned pro, I got Ron Heeman was my mechanic, who yep. was Mike Bell's, and he got me in with uh, Malcolm Smith. So I, when Mike Bell went out, I kind of took Mike Bell's spot at Malcolm Smith. Right. Mike Bell's spot at Yamaha. You think Bob's was... mechanic? Yeah, yeah. You
1: think Bob <laughs> um, was pissed about that?
0: No, I don't think he cared about that. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we just, uh, you know, just the point that I wore his clothing and,
2: yeah,
0: you know, the Yamaha clothing with the lightning bolts on it as as an amateur, and then to the point where we had all the run-ins and everything. It was kind of ironic, but yeah, um, really, right. This you know, the first time was at um, Sacramento at Hangtown.
2: Mm-hmm. We
0: were going back and forth. Bob and I hit. I think we were like second or third place. It was my first year. Riding nationals, and I was up there. We hit, and it kind of knocked me off the track a little bit. while I caught back up to him, and I like, kind of pissed off. So I hit him, and
2: okay. he
0: went back in. They had snow fences. Yeah, yeah. He went through the snow fence and <laughs> broke his <laughs> broke his shifter off. And his uh, yeah, yeah. mechanic, Brian Lunis, came up, and it was so many thousands of dollars for that shifter. And, uh, oh,
2: <laughs> and uh, can it, Lunis? Like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you know, but you know, I was young, and mm-hmm. then then Atlanta happened, you know, uh, the, the national Atlanta,
2: yep.
0: where we, uh, it wasn't a big double, but we had been jumping the double all day long, and I think he had come on up on a lap rider and didn't jump it, and I landed on him and broke his wrist, and it was really hot that day, and I remember um, Loomis kind of chasing me with a crescent inch or something <laughs> after the race. <laughs> But
1: but these incidents are just racing incidents, right? I mean, like, yeah, they're like,
0: pretty much just racing incidents. But right. we were, always seemed to be right together that year. You know, right. Bob was Bob was older, I was young, but yeah. you know, he 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 told it like it was. Although there was one point though that kind of made me a little uh, upset and nervous. But he passed out obituary cards, uh, no, he in, in, in memory of Keith Bowen at the Foxborough Supercross.
1: No, he did it. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you ever actually, uh, like get, like, it was, was that it? Was there, was there three incidents
0: and that was it? Oh, there was, there was more. Really?
1: uh, Okay. All
2: right.
0: But, uh, the magazines made it out, I think, to be a lot bigger than it was. And I actually, I don't think I ever said two words to Bob.
2: (laughs) Really?
1: Um, were you ever like, holy shit, this is Bob Hanna? Like, I mean, were you starstruck at all? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um Yeah, I remember there there was something I read about you where you were like I don't know, we just keep coming together. Like it's not my fault or something, you know, but uh
2: Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs>
1: right, right. Um what a r- welcome to the pros, right? Like you got Bob Hanna passing out obituary cards. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um yeah. Uh so 84, you ride 250 Supercross and 250 Nationals. Why not yeah, 125? There... Why wouldn't they put you you were number 68, I think. Um Yes, yeah, so there was
0: no uh, 125 Supercross at that time. Yeah,
1: why not 125 and, Nationals,
0: though? Like, wouldn't yeah. Yamaha didn't have a factory rider on 125 Nationals that year. It was, uh,
1: was the bike
0: that sh- bad? The bike-, <laughs> the bike was not very good. Uh, I think Mike Byer got quite a bit of support from Yamaha that year yeah. um, in 84. Um, it was myself and Rick Johnson and Brock Glover were on the factory team. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: How would you get along with those guys? They are kind of California Alcajon guys. Were they cool with you? Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got along with them fine. Um, got along with Ricky real well.
1: Yeah. RJ won the title that year, 250s. Yes, he did. Yeah. Which, you know, against Lachine on his factory Honda. Right. Was there ever a point where you were riding behind Hannah or Lachine and watching their bike and going, man, that could be my bike, instead I'm on this production thing?
0: Yeah, those bikers were pretty, uh, they were pretty unreal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You, you were always good in the whoops, um, from what everybody says, anyways. Like, you know, talk, I, we, I did one of these with Ron Heben. He talked about you in the whoops. Uh, everybody I, I've spoken to says you were great in the whoops. Do you think you were great in the whoops? And if so, why, why do you think that was?
0: Well, I don't really know. It. I was pretty good in the whoops. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. So, so you admit it.
0: I don't know if it was, uh, Accidental at first or not, but uh, I do I might have grabbed a handful of whiskey throttle and just skipped across the top and said, "Holy smokes, that worked out pretty good. Let's what? try that again." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let me hang on again. Um, uh sixth overall in '84 in the Nationals for again a rookie. I mean, you know, you wrote those two races before, but that mm-hmm. at, at most rookie sixth overall. Um, so was your contract up, or did you have another like – were you a two year deal with Yamaha or
0: No, that was a, a one year deal.
1: Okay, so eighty five comes and, and you renew?
0: Yep, I renew with Yamaha. Um basically really didn't even talk to anyone else. Yeah. That I remember. Um, right.
1: get a raise? You get a raise?
0: Yep, got a raise. <laughs> so I don't remember what it fifty thousand maybe or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um eighty five, you come out and and now you ride one twenty five Nationals on maybe a worse bike.
0: Yeah, uh, it was they said, yeah, we'll make it right. We'll make it right. But it was uh, uh, both Lachine and myself stepped back down 125.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Lachine, yeah. Bar- Barnett, Kehoe, Holland, you. Um, yeah, a bunch of guys. Yeah. But b- bike was bad? Bike was bad. The <laughs> Bike was bad. You got a second in a couple of two hundred and fifty supercrosses though. So again, like, yeah. like your career is progressing here. You know what I mean? Like that's that's pretty legit.
0: Yeah, yeah, everything was going good.
1: And and again with the uh, production bike against the works Hondas, you know. Yeah. Um, what do you remember? Eighty five. Two two main events in supercross that year. Two twelve lappers, I think. Uh, what, what did you like it? Did
0: you... Yeah, I, I, it was okay. You know. Uh, but it, nobody really—I don't think—cared for it like well, as much as one main event. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I wasn't ever known for it to be a trainer, so I guess two two twelve lap racers was better than a <laughs> twenty lap racer. So yeah, um, didn't um, go it ahead. It was okay.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, so eighty six comes. And again re sign with Yamaha or contract?
0: Yeah, I yep. signed a uh, two year deal or something then. So for eighty six oh. and eighty seven. Oh,
1: they gave you some security back then, huh? Two years. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a, 86, a big
1: eighty six. Eighty six might have been your best year too. Fourth overall in the twenty five nationals and you run production everybody was on production bikes now. And yeah. uh, and fifth in Supercross. Um pretty pretty legit. And I think you won you won Southwick and um Southwick National, and then I think you won the next race too. Let me double
0: check. Here. I won uh, Lakewood, I think, or I might—I don't. They switched around that track, but it was Colorado.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then and, and there was a uh, like two weeks in a row that you won, right? Let me no no two out of three nationals you won in '86. You you were against Mickey Diamond, uh, Holland, Kehoe, Eddie Warren, your old nemesis from Michigan. Um, what do you remember from that Southwick win though? Like what? What were your moto scores and 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 talk about uh, riding in the sand and, and what what do you remember from that day?
0: Um, actually, I just remember how rough it was, but uh, everything went good. I think I went either one three or three mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, I remember my parents not being there, and I, you know, I they wanted to go for the, some reason. They couldn't go that week because something was my brother when he was racing. So,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But you know, it was a good feeling, great feeling, winning, winning an outdoor nationals, what what everybody dreams of as a kid that races. Yeah. So, oh real good.
1: Bike was better this year.
0: Yeah, the bike was a little better, but it still was wasn't <laughs> as good as the Hondas. <laughs>
1: yeah, no doubt, right? Um,
0: yeah, but, but you know, I won uh, Colorado, which is rods a lot of horsepower, so yeah. we're. Still, still probably, you know, couldn't
1: have been that bad. <laughs> well, Colorado was hard packs so you're probably hooking up more than the other guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? You were so down on power that it was. I watched um, 86. I watched uh, maybe maybe um Gainesville, 86 I watched. And Mickey uh-huh. Diamond, I mean, obviously Mickey Diamond was a great rider back then. But Mickey Diamond blew by Holland. Like, he was standing still coming out of a turn. I was like, oh, my God, poor George Holland. Like, just see you later. Motors by him. I imagine the Honda was pretty good.
0: Yeah, the Suzukis were, uh, were, were kind half of struggling then, too. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, really. Um,
0: but uh, George Holland and keyhole they rode them good. Um, we, we all had some pretty good finishes.
1: And you had those sweet number nines on that Heeman made you.
0: Yeah, he cut those out by hand. Oh, I know.
1: He told me all about it. He says he still has a template in his garage, you know, in case I want to do it. But, uh, you know, that that was when the mechanics could, could do a little di- little bit different uh, stuff here and there.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, there were no uh, graphic kits, yeah. you know, single, single stickers on the fenders, and they cut out the numbers. Yeah. Or you just put the plain old box numbers on that you buy.
1: Yeah. Were, were you were you living in Michigan then, or were you living in Cali full time? What was your? No,
0: I, I always lived in Michigan, and uh, either we'd go to uh, California or Florida for the winters. Then. Okay. Usually Florida. I, I never left California.
1: Uh, did you? Did you, So how did you practice? Did you ride motocross just in in Michigan? So that's where you. Like where would you practice motocross in Michigan in the summer? Did you? Would you have land and your own track, or would you yeah, go to local? Yeah, place? I,
0: had, I had land. Uh, I bought. Some land and uh, mm-hmm. had a track on it.
2: Okay, so that, that was... there was
0: always places you could go and right. ride. It wasn't like it is today, with, you know, right? Everybody, no, no tracks around. There, so. Um,
1: in uh, in the Ron Heben podcast, I did. He said again, you he, he, you were pretty unpredictable because you could show up one weekend and just be on. You know what I mean? And that was it. And this was like a Southwick or a Lakewood. People couldn't yeah. couldn't touch you. Um, and he said, other times you would be on, but it wouldn't show in the results because you would you would end up crashing. But if you but you were by and far far and away the fastest guy on that day, but you would crash. So, and then other times you just didn't have it. Is that fair? Is that a fair way to characterize uh, your your racing? Like, do you think? And why is that? Do you think? I guess if you knew that, you would fix it.
0: But <laughs> yeah, at the time, I. Uh... I was like a lot of uh, uh young guys you know I thought I knew everything and mm-hmm. didn't train the way I should have and uh, looking back at it now I wish I would have I think the results would have been a lot better but yeah you can't go back.
2: Right.
1: right. Um and and uh he even mentioned too like you started to party more and more not taking it as seriously and, and but and he said that you could tell that you had so much talent because you could still win even when doing that. Like were there, yeah. were you like a lachine, like where you wouldn't ride all week and and win or do really well, or like did it get that bad, where you would wouldn't ride for a couple weeks, or was it always better
0: than oh, that? Yeah, it, it, it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, really? We wouldn't. I wouldn't ride at all.
1: Really? Yeah. You wouldn't ride at all, and you show up at a national.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I remember once in Florida, Ron making he been Ron uh, making me go ride. Uh, We'd stay in Florida and right. uh, at Brooksville, and he would just ride from the hotel. And,
1: yeah, the Holiday Inn right there.
0: At the Holiday Inn, yeah. yeah. He filled my bike up and put a new tire on. So don't come back till the gas tanks empty the tires bald. So <laughs> I just go back in the back and burn my tire off and drain my gas and find a nice shade tree and take a little nap. Really? <laughs> wow.
1: So yeah, th- that stuff Lachine told me too about him. You know what I mean? Like he, his dad, he didn't want to ride. He just didn't have it in him, but he knew that he was good enough to get away with it on the weekends.
0: Yeah, he he got away with a little more than I did in his results.
1: Yeah, really, right? Um
0: but I was pretty close.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, you, you guys were neck and neck for putting the least amount of effort and getting the best results.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um that's something I I'd, I'd recommend.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, it, it's it, everybody has regrets. You got to But in 86 you got second at Redbud, you got second at Broom. Uh, Tayoga, you know, uh, some really good results, yeah. even still. So uh, 87 comes and you move up to uh, to uh, 500s for the Nationals, too. I remember that. And 125 Nationals still, and then 500s when uh, – no, 250 Nationals and then 500.
0: 250 yeah. and 500, yeah.
1: yeah. Out of the 125 class, is that your choice or Yamaha's choice?
0: Yamaha's choice. And okay? mine as well, yeah. I was tired of yeah. 125. Were you?
1: Yeah. What 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 did you think of the bigger bikes? How 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 was that season? 87.
0: 87 was not a good season. Uh, it was uh, kind of the Yamaha guys and I were heads a little bit. And, uh, like
1: McCarty. Was, or was it Ken Clark?
0: There? Yeah. I believe it was Ken Clark. Yeah. Uh, one guy I always did get along with and, and really respected was Larry Griffiths.
2: Yep. Oh.
0: Uh, he was really a good guy, mm-hmm. and I got along with Keith fairly well too. Um,
1: were they were, yeah. they were they on you just for not training and stuff? Or like, was it that kind oh, of stuff?
0: Oh yeah, they would they would call me every night and make sure I was in bed. And <laughs> little do they know, as soon as they hung up, I'd be gone.
1: Yeah. And I mean, how how bad did it get? If you don't mind me asking, like, I mean, was it? I mean, was it?
0: It it got pretty bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. Really. Um, yeah. Uh, again, not riding, partying, not training, showing up on the weekends and trying to hide it, basically. Yeah, man, you still did pretty good, Whoa. Bones. <laughs> you still got some yeah. good results.
2: Oh. Uh, uh
1: Fourth on a five on a YZ490, third on a YZ490. Yeah,
0: that was a that bike was kind of a pile, but yeah, but, especially but, compared to the like I said, the Hondas. But
2: right, right.
0: We made the best of it. We had, I think, a few good results on it. And then Daytona. Daytona, of course, was
1: where it
0: should have been. (laughs) That's what
1: I want to get to. Um, You know, one of the greatest wins in our sport is Ricky Ryan winning 87 Daytona in the mud. Um, And everybody remembers that, and Ricky Ryan celebrated, and, and as he should, it was a great ride. But in talking to Bob Oliver and others at Yamaha when I was there, you were gone. You were checked out, and your uh, ignition melted. I believe. Um, is that how? Is how far of a lead did you have? It was muddy, and of course, you're Michigan. You're good in the mud.
0: Yeah, I think it was about twenty seconds.
1: That much, huh?
0: Jeez. And uh, I think one or two laps to go. And it wasn't. It was a rock got stuck in my chain.
1: Oh, okay. All right, yeah. You know what? That's right. My, I got the story screwed up. You're right. A rock got stuck but in my chain. It was. Chain. Uh,
0: I would. There was a big crash to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went in the lead after a couple laps, started checking out. Went over the bars, broke the rear fender off, got back up in like six, back in the lead, pulled about a, I don't know, 15, 20-second lead, and two laps to go or lap to go, the rock gets stuck in
1: there. So. Um, did you, like, okay, so you crash once, you go over the bars. <laughs> and you still pass everybody back. Yeah. Uh, were you like, I'm going to win this thing? I mean, were you just? Is it just oh yeah, uh, it was, no doubt.
0: It, no doubt. Uh, that was a that was a heartbreaker. In fact, when we got back to this truck, my parents were there. My mom was crying. Kenny Clark had tears in his eyes. Really huh? heart, It was a heartbreaker for you my myself, my family, everybody.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> back so back in
0: Daytona was the race to win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not
0: real sure how it is now, but no, it's you know, not... It was the highest paying race. It was the uh, the most prestigious race to win. Pretty much in a supercross, uh, I think a normal supercross you'd win about five grand or something. I think it was like eighteen grand or something for that race. <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's not that way anymore. It's still something special, but it is a little. It's not as prestigious as it once was. Um. But it's still—I mean, it's still Daytona, right? It's still really, really cool. Yeah.
0: You know, you know back then there was forty guys racing in that race too. Uh,
1: um, yeah, yeah, forty guys. Uh, in the you middle,
0: cross, you cross, the pavement, going to another section of track, and then you cross back again into the infield.
1: So, like, the rock gets stuck in your chain, and you—you—you—you you, you, you crash because of it, or is it just locked? Like,
0: nope, can it Can just comes to a stop?
1: Can you pull? It, did you try to pull it backwards and forward? I mean, obviously, you did all that, yeah.
0: like. It wouldn't move. It took about six guys to get it out, and by then somebody touched my bike. And yeah. I had outside assistance. So. Right,
1: right. And was it at the front or the back?
0: Like I don't the, the... remember. Oh, okay. I think it was the front, but
1: I, I just don't see how a rock, like how you couldn't get it out. But I mean, clearly you, you couldn't. But it must have been just gnarly in there.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, I've seen some videos of it, and it just—you know—you can see me just close to a stat
1: oh i've never seen a video of 87 daytona ever that's funny um yeah with ricky ryan's win i've never never seen a video i know there was lachine and johnson went down in the first off the start um but then i've never seen any other video um you know what's weird is in the racer x vault it doesn't even list you as racing daytona in 87 oh really yeah it doesn't even have you like not even getting 20th or whatever place you got you know 16th or whatever um
0: well, maybe because there was forty and they only put top twenty or something. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, maybe so, huh? Um, but man, what could have changed, huh? Had you pulled off that win? I mean,
0: jeez. Yeah, I'm sure that was that that affected me a lot. Did it? Um, yeah. How much uh, how much effort I really put into, which wasn't a whole lot, but after that, it was just enough to get by.
1: Yeah, really, your life. you're like And then
0: with uh, with Bailey getting hurt that earlier. Uh, you know, not know a lot of people know, but that affected me
1: all. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 winter of eighty seven, that that yeah. winter. Um, were you there, or just uh... no? No, I,
0: I I don't think I was was, but uh,
1: a lot a lot was, of guys, uh, yeah, a lot of guys are like they couldn't believe it was Bailey who got hurt. Was, he know? was
0: he was the best, and nobody would expect
1: him yeah to 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 get hurt like that. Um.
0: Smoothest, rather, I should say. He was so smooth and perfect and precise.
1: Right. So eighty-seven comes at the end, and uh, um, just—I mean, you—you you already know Yamaha's not going to hire you back, and you probably don't want to be back, right? Like your button heads.
0: Actually, uh, they did make me an offer, but I thought it was an insult, and, and I wish I would have took it today. <laughs> but as a, right. as a young, as a young—I uh, don't know what I was—twenty-three, twenty-four years yep. old. Yeah. Um, Thinking I know everything again, you know they're like, well, we're gonna cut your salary in half, uh-huh. Uh, but we'll still give you a, a full factory ride. I was like,
1: that doesn't sound that bad actually. Bones.
0: Screw <laughs> you guys, I'll go ride for free, which I did. I went and rode for Tough Racing for free. But, yeah. Uh, I had contingency down to twentieth instead of yeah. a first only bonus. Right. Which kind of made up for a salary. So the Tough Racing bike, it, well, it, it ride wasn't that bad, and 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 I really got along good with Dave Anilak.
2: It's
1: that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show, brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com to help out. pulpmx.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.
0: Racer X Podcast Show is brought to you by btosports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots,
1: or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon. Code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com
2: championship proven many motocross apparel brands make that claim but only thor can back it up as america's first motocross apparel brand thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance race wear on the market for the
0: past 45 years with champions like ryan villopoto blake baggett and dean wilson to name a few our products truly are championship proven to see all the new 2013 products, visit thormx.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross.
1: They paid all your expenses, gave you a bike yep. and parts, and then you, you made money off your results. Yeah.
0: So you probably it was everything. It was uh, it was everything. I mean, they at the time we were on Kawasaki for yeah. 88 for the 125 Nationals, which I went back to the 125 Nationals
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, Um Somehow, you know, a lot of things were different back then. But they got a a factory bike out of the back door Kawasaki. Oh, they did. So I, had, oh. I had I had I had work forks, works shock, um, everything. I don't know where how they got it, but
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: but, the, yeah, but the, it was there. Um, and and also too, it wasn't
0: supposed it wasn't supposed to be there,
1: right, right. And, and also too, um, you could see you a mile away because that was your tough bolted on orange plastic
0: he couldn't get any help really from Kawasaki like I said that was a backdoor deal that yeah. we got the the factory bike and uh, Kawasaki wouldn't help him with anything else so uh-huh. he said well we're gonna change the color yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, number 11 that year I think you were yeah pretty good year 10th place in the Nationals as a full privateer although you had a factory he works in shock uh, Supercross though didn't go so well what happened did you get hurt
0: um no that was uh, just a, a spiral downhill from there pretty much. Yeah. You know, I really didn't care. I just wanted to uh, to get my money and
2: yeah.
0: whatever money I was making enough to get by and just yep. just make it through. Uh-huh. And I did that for four years after that. Yeah, and- 80,
1: 89, you're back on tough on Suzuki's. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90, you're on Cowies again, I think.
0: Um, I think you were, no, no, we were back on, uh, Suzuki. We were on Suzuki's maybe for Kakawe for outdoors. Yeah, that was it. You were 24.
1: 500s. Yeah. You were 24 on a 500 on a Cowie, uh, fifth overall in 1990. So, so even yes. though you were, uh, maybe not putting in the most effort, um, fifth overall in in any series is legit. You know what I mean? Bones? Like that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, ninety one you got uh ninth and eighth, ninth in MX and, and eighth in, in uh in five hundreds again. So uh-huh. I, I can't help but see noticing your results. always better in the nationals than Supercross, huh? You're more an outdoor guy.
0: Yeah, I was more an outdoor guy.
1: I mean, did you just not like Supercross or like you said when Bailey got hurt, did it freak you out a little bit or
0: Yeah, it really uh it really freaked me out. Yeah, hurt. You know, back then it was unheard of. It wasn't uh I had never experienced the death or someone getting paralyzed. Right, right. So you know, a broken arm here, broken arm there, your knees were big back then. Yeah. But nothing like that.
1: Um, and you were kind of in the in the midst of uh maybe your life off the track not going so well around this tough time? Yes. How bad did it get?
0: Yeah, no, uh, Dave Dave uh Analek, like I said, who owned tough. Yeah. He really tried. He sent me to sports psychologist and all this to try to you know, get my confidence <laughs> yeah, up. And yeah, yeah. I just, I just really wasn't into it.
1: He's kind of a destructive personality maybe a little bit, right? Like like what machines yeah. told me a few times, like, it doesn't matter how many people try to help you or how many people you see or, or your family and friends trying to help you out. If you're, yeah, if you're not, not ready to yeah, get help. Right, right. You're not, gonna, right. And, 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 you're not gonna... That's what Ronnie always says. I was never ready myself. I did not care. So it didn't matter how much money everybody else spent on me. It didn't matter. <laughs> so um all right, so when do you hang it up? Uh ninety ninety three, I guess? Your last season?
0: Uh, no, 90, I didn't ride uh ninety two I was gonna go to Europe. I rode uh, for an Italian team and they promised me uh factory cowies. Yeah. For the five hundred world championships yep. and uh Basically when I got there, um we uh we had a five hundred engine wedged into a two fifty stock. Oh. Two fifty Kawasaki perimeter frame. Perimeter
2: frame, right, yeah.
0: And uh, the bike was horrible. I ended up breaking my arm really bad and I had to, uh, the humorous oh. bone, the biggest yeah second the upper one. Yeah, the, it was really uh, painful. I got surgery to have it repaired. They said, "Oh yeah, just come back. We'll take care of everything. We'll make the bike right." Yep. They never would change any of the suspension or anything for me. It was horrible. I ended up riding a couple more weeks for them, and yep. um, then I separated my shoulder. And I just said, "This is it. I'm done." <laughs> I found out my uh, uh, found out my wife was pregnant at the time with my daughter, and yep. it was not a uh, no. uh, wasn't a good <laughs> yeah so um, we I just decided to quit I had there was another rider Eric McClure yeah he was there with me another Michigan rider yeah I remember him and um, he didn't like it either it was not a good good team to be on we just decided to leave and uh, yeah, I don't know if it was the, the Italian Mafia that was riding for who it was but they're like, you owe us this much money, and you can't leave to you pay us. So <laughs> was, I think for $30,000 because we spent this on you already. and they're like, Yeah, yeah. Well, we're just going to leave. <laughs> yeah. So we left, and we just escaped in the night.
1: <laughs> you know, you're, you're uh, uh, the second or third guy I've talked to that has talked about escaping in the night. I think Champus Parker has an escaping in the night story. Phil okay. Larson has an escaping in the night story, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, that was a, that was an Italian thing. You escape in the night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, really, huh? It, it's uh, it's one of those things. I think you would have you could have done pretty good over there, Bones, with outdoor guy. You know, outdoor national uh, world championships.
0: you're yeah, good in so.
1: Your the sand. So,
0: yeah, I was really looking forward to it. But the bike just was. Yeah, it, you at least got to do something to a 250 suspended suspended yeah. bike. With a five hundred engine in it
1: <laughs> yeah you'd, you'd think so, right um, so what about um what about racing in Germany? Remember you had a little bit of a mini comeback there
0: yeah, yeah, after the italian race that was it I didn't do anything for well I don't know uh let's see that was for ninety two ninety three did ninety two did nothing ninety three did nothing just hung out. 94. My grandparents basically had an ostrich farm in Kentucky. Oh yeah, really? And they needed uh, they needed some help, and so I went down there to help them with that. because I wasn't doing anything, and uh-huh. uh, oh, uh, my grandmother had all kinds of animals. She had peacocks and horses and cows and ostriches and wow. chickens. Yeah, yeah. And one of the peacocks got loose, and so the neighbor was about a half mile away, and I ran down there and knocked on his door and said, have you seen our peacocks <laughs> here? And he, he's like, no. And I looked down in his barn, and I seen a red fender uh-huh. sticking out there. I was like, is that a dirt bike down there? And he goes, yeah, it's a it's a Honda 250. Right. He goes, it doesn't run. You can run. If you want to ride it, just take it home and fix it. Get it running, you can ride it. Oh, yeah? So I take it back there, and... uh. It was a ninety one C R two fifty. And I uh so I call up Dave Analek, and he sends me sprockets and fanes and tires and pistons and you know, everything to kinda of go through it. Of course he was the UFO plastic
2: distributor yeah.
0: so he, right. he sent me all plastic and uh bars and get it going, just riding it around on the farm and uh in my uh boots and jeans and work work <laughs> gloves.
1: Peacock feathers everywhere. In a white,
0: <laughs> in a white, in a white helmet.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, someone, one of my guys, i had met their friend, and he goes, "You know, they got a track just down the street there, which is Daniel Boone Race oh, yeah, yeah. cool Track." Oh yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Um. And I, so I'm like, oh, "All right, I'll go check it out." So I go down there and I sign up for the pro class, and then there's only I don't know a hand, half a dozen pro riders or something, but I, I ended up winning with, I think jeans on and a. Flannel shirt and work gloves. Yeah. And uh, won like I don't know five or six hundred bucks. And
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I was like, man, they pay good here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, the comeback is on.
0: And I start going there every week, and then I start going down to Muddy Creek, you know, and all get my get on my get call up some sponsors, get some gear and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, start doing all the Muddy Creek races and Knoxville, Tennessee, and all them. Right.
2: So,
0: well, I'm. This bike's kind of three or four years old. let
2: mm-hmm.
0: try to get another bike. So I Loretta Lynn's was about four hours from where I was was staying, so at my grandmother's and, uh, so I'm like, I'm gonna drive over to Loretta's and try to get a bike. Yep. Everybody in the industry's gonna be there. So I go ask Yamaha, and they're like, Oh no, we don't we're not really needing vet riders and Kalisaki pretty much said the same thing. Yep. And I go to KTM and they're like, You can take a bike right now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: they're, tappy, think, they're right. tapioca they're tapioca orange but you can take them
0: yep yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh you know they had their supercross guys were Kevin Crine and Ty Wallace at the time and they right. weren't really known for motocross at that time
2: right
0: and uh so I come back and I start doing all these uh, regional races on uh the KTM 250SX and uh doing good and get some cycle news coverage yeah, and you, everything you
1: were kind of killing that Muddy Creek area I remember that you were doing pretty yeah. good at those yeah
0: uh yep yeah, doing that and Daniel Boone Muddy Creek uh some Georgia I go to down to south far south is Georgia and you could Oh, you know, I was making probably a thousand a weekend clear wow yeah and, nice. uh, doing local doing stuff. a great race on Friday Saturday and Sunday
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh so I go to KTM and say, Diego 125." And they "Well, we don't really import the very many 125s, but um, Scott Plessinger has an old 125. We'll just put new plastic because uh, it was white. It was oh yeah, Adam. right. It was a couple years old. We'll just put the orange plastic on it." And uh, so I go to up to Ohio and pick up the bike, and it's pretty rough. And um, Kirk Patel from KRW Cycles was. Really good KTM mechanic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He went all through it, and that bike was really fast. And um, We started doing arena cross, the Sam Gammon arena crosses. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Um, Jim Neese, Jim Chester.
0: Jim Neese, Jim Chester, and all me. Jim Chester and I would battle back and forth and ram into each other and try to kill each other. And <laughs> old Sam, you know, we'd get our purse money, and old Sam would come up behind us and stick his hand in our pocket give us a couple hundred extra bucks and said, good show, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I go to KTM, and they're like, you need any parts? Here's some parts. Uh, you want a box fan? Here's a box fan. A credit card for gas.
2: <laughs> You're like, I'm back. <laughs> so getting, I'm back.
0: <laughs> I was getting pretty good coverage, you know, just racing uh, amateur races. And, uh, right. uh, I went up to Rod Bush, and I said, you know, a lot of these dealers, it's KTM dealers are calling me and wanting me to come to their area. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, let's send a fax out to every KTM dealer and tell them, you know, if they want me to come to their area for a race, this is what it's going to cost. This is what I'm coming home with, rather. Yeah. No. Uh, if uh, if, this, if I win that much from the track, it doesn't cost you anything. If I win right, $200, yeah, if I win $200 right. from the track, it's going to cost you the extra.
1: Right, right. right look at you, so, businessman. Yeah.
0: Well, so we did that, and it was just unbelievable. You know, I was in Arkansas racing, and then Wisconsin, and all these different dealerships coming there. And I said, I can't guarantee I'm going to win, but I'm going to put on a good show for KTM at all these big local races. And it worked out good. Yeah, we were down in Florida at the Winter Olympics in '96,
2: '97. Mm-hmm.
0: 90, I can't remember '96. Uh And I get back home, and on my machine, there was um, a German team that had just won the world championship in the 500s, which was the premier class, and GPs with Shane King.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, they asked if I would be interested in coming over there to race GPs. And I said, you know, I'm I'm over 30. I said, uh, I was like a lot of young guys when I went to Europe before. I'd go get my show-up money. Yeah. say how bad the food sucked, and uh, yeah. come home.
1: Right, mail it in. Right.
0: I said, uh, I'm going to do this. I said it was a two year deal. I said I'm going to do this. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to work hard at it this time. But I said I'm going to live the way they live there. I'm going to eat the food they eat. And I said I might never get this opportunity again. So let's do it. And I went there and. Uh, were you, you know, we, were you
1: off the track? Were you were you in a better place off the track at this point? Like yeah. Yeah. Was good. right? Okay, so yeah, you were like legitimately coming back.
0: Like, yeah, I trained.
1: <laughs> you trained, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually was training,
1: right? Right, no, that's well, uh, uh,
0: that's cool. I had a few good races, I won some of the German nationals. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't think I, no, I never won a GP, but I, but I had a few good finishes sixth or something, or mm-hmm. you know, Um, I won some international races, which were big, you know, because you had the Shane Kings there, you had the uh. Uh, Joel Schmitz there. You you had the Andrea Bartolini, the old top guys.
1: Yeah. Were you on the 380 or were you on a 500?
0: I was on the uh, 380 at first, but I was actually the first. Uh, well, Yamaha had their four stroke there, just the same. Uh, yeah. You were probably at Yamaha then in 97 when Doug Henry was on it. Uh, but Yamaha had that bike in Europe. Yeah. But, uh, Peter Johansson, I think. Yep. And maybe Bartolini.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But other than that, there were no four-strokes, I was on that LC4. Heavy LC4 yeah. KTM 6.6. Actually, it was a 6.80. Jesus.
1: Wow. How was yeah, that? Yeah.
0: We got it going pretty good. Oh, we got it going so good. I mean, you know, as a mechanic, you can have tons of horsepower, but if you can't use it, it's pretty much pointless right so we had to tune it down a little bit yeah. <laughs> was, uh and we were trying different things uh working directly with fact, the factory in Austria you know we had yeah. uh, one of the biggest things that I was riding with testing with heinz kindergartner and uh myself and a couple other guys with um we put the gas tank under the seat and, oh yeah, wow, uh, huh. and pretty much everybody who wrote it was. Like a second a lap faster. Yeah, yeah. But we couldn't, just because there was no um, slipper clutches, there was it was so much engine braking
2: that
0: yeah. yeah. kind of balanced everything out.
2: Right, right, right.
0: And, um, when we came back with that flight, well, we didn't use it, we couldn't get the, the gas tank, go back to that, we couldn't get the gas tank big enough, number one, for the 40-minute motos.
1: Yeah, yeah. To, to yeah. fit
0: under the seat. Right. And, uh, the tire would, wouldn't last for the whole race because it, it had so much traction.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: The weight on the with the weight
1: yeah. back there. Yeah, yeah. The weight on the bike and yeah. Huh.
0: Um, but then we brought that bike. We came back. Uh, I was riding for the Silent Sport team. Yeah. So uh, they make muffler packing. Right. Uh, we brought that bi- that bike back. We shipped all you know my factory bike everything back. Um, I rode the four stroke nationals that year, in which we won. Um, the year before that, I got second. Mm-hmm. Battling with uh, with Mike Young, who was Hoosierberg. Right, uh, him and I got along really good racing that. It was a fun series, the East Coast Four Stroke Nationals and Fall Classic. I did uh, them.
1: I did him with Kelly Smith in 00 and '01, on a oh. KTM. Uh, he won. He won both years that we did it, and it was right after Steel City. Basically, you hit the road for six weeks. Right. So.
0: Yeah. You Yeah And Kelly Smith was in '90. Seven year, I won. He was on a Huseberg. He yeah, a couple. Of
1: yeah, that, that would have been right when his he started getting with KTM a little bit. Yeah, yeah. KTM had bought, right. bought Huseberg.
0: Right, but um, yeah, we did that, and then uh, I was just the Shanghai Sport team for '98 kind of went belly up. The the main finance guy, uh-huh. which, just like all the a couple of the teams are doing now, they all you know, the finance guy backs out and you have all the support you want from ktm ktm not a finance guy you're not going racing yep so they made sure i got it on another team um in germany but i went it was a 125 team and i'm 30 something years old on a 125 racing with all these kids and yeah uh,
1: this would have been what 98
0: yeah and i I ain't getting hurt i came home and uh, this, that's it. I've had enough. Right. Two years. You know, Two-year comeback and
2: had
1: you, enough. <laughs> you, I believe you rode for the K'Night Racing Team in Germany.
0: K'Night. Yep. Uh, Thomas K'Night.
1: Yeah. I I worked for Thomas K'Night in the winter of 99, the year after you were there. Billy Lyles got me the job.
0: Well,
1: I hated Thomas. I did not get along. Well, with Thomas. I didn't
0: want to. I don't like to talk bad about people, but he wasn't the easiest to get along with. It was no, his way away, and he uh, was a racer, and all, oh, and I said, "No, I want it this way."
1: Yeah. No, I remember <laughs> hearing stories because there was an American mechanic working for you on the team. I think. Um, and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I remember hearing stories about you, and you, of course, they all blamed you. You know what I mean uh, for being hard to work with. But then, example A, I worked for a guy from Finland, and his rear brakes were like you know, basically worn down on his practice bike. And I said to Thomas, "Hey, I need some rear brake pads. And he said, no, those are still good. And I said, yeah. okay. And I put them back in. We go in the sand the next day out to Belgium and Austria or somewhere. And the guy literally goes through the snow fence because his brake pads are gone. And and I go, see what you get? We should have changed those brake pads. Um, yeah, anyway, it
0: basically I, me too, clutches, you know. Yeah. You know, as a mechanic. As a, as a you don't just put one clutch in. Yeah, one clutch plate. You put the whole pack.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I did not. I lasted like
0: these are good. You put this one in. <laughs> I lasted three and then months. Then I think yeah. he would sell the stuff. I think so too, because we had a, whatever we wanted from KTM. He's like, no, no, we don't. Yeah, I don't
1: I, uh, I think he sold them too, to be honest, because the parts room was under lock and key, and so we had to like yeah. get his permission to get any bolt, part, brake pad, anything out of the room. Um, I lasted three months, and then I got a job working for Ferry on Nolene, and I split. I split. I was out of there. But, uh, yeah, funny that we have a little bit in common there with Thomas Knight Racing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so so that was it. You were done. That was it. Um, years later, and not that long ago, you resurfaced as a mechanic for mm-hmm. Moto World, Suzuki. Um, who else did you work for? Star? No.
0: A little bit for Star for yeah. a few races. Okay, Star Racing. Just because, just because Motor World was was, was finishing.
1: You and, might be the only factory racer to ever work as a mechanic. Dana Wiggins is a mechanic, but he was never a factory rider.
0: So yeah, you, him, and I, him and I worked together for what, Motor World.
1: Oh, was D, was Wiggins on Motor World, World? I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, he was. Well, then you guys had the fastest mechanic team back then, no doubt.
2: Oh, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: How did you like that? How did you like being a wrench? Uh, you know, obviously, it probably made you realize that you were mean to Heben all those years. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, I, I, I think I actually called Heben and apologized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's funny.
0: Some uh, of those guys are just unbelievable. Right. and I, was, You know, I'd see the same thing that I was doing. I was like, you... Guys, kids, don't even have a clue. You have not even come close to making it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I've I've made it. I'm there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and also, too, I'm in the big truck. (laughs) You had the misfortune of working for Motor World Suzuki and those horrible Cowie Suzuki 250Fs that would break everywhere. Oh,
0: those are horrible. Like, it wasn't (laughs) even
1: your fault. And it wasn't Paul Lindsey's fault, the team owner. It was just a horrible bike.
0: No, and Paul was a. I got along with Paul really good. I don't know yeah. if everybody does, but Paul was always good to me, and I pretty much could do what I wanted when I wanted, yeah. and, uh, uh, as long as the bikes were ready. Yeah. I came home every week to Michigan. I didn't have to live in California, which was a blessing. <laughs> and <laughs> um, you know, I'd fly home for three or four days, and then fly to the race and build the bike there. Right. I'd obviously be out there for all the testing and the, the yeah. initial bike builds and everything.
1: Yeah, when you had to be there, right, right. Um, that's funny that you called him and apologized, <laughs> Ron. I'm really sorry for treating you the way I did. Um, did you enjoy it? Did you like doing the job? I, I did enjoy it. Um, but um, but the riders would drive you nuts because you saw yourself back then. You're like, what are you doing? You idiots.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Which guys? Did, which guys did you work for?
2: I can't remember.
0: I worked for Dude? several. I started out with Arena Cross. Yeah tough
2: Uh uh-huh
0: and then uh um paul lindsey was going to have an arena cross team too and he knew i knew the the tracks the riders the dirt uh which knowing knowing which in arena cross knowing what the dirt's going to be like and everything was really important
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, so he hired me for arena cross with uh to be justin brayton's mechanic and then we had um Tommy Hoffmaster and Justin Brayton, yep. which was a really strong team. We had factory, uh, you know, backing from Suzuki. All right. Um, the very first race in Des Moines, they both get hurt <laughs> for a pretty much season-ending.
1: Really, race. <laughs> just right there, first race, boom.
0: Both, both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, I think, broke his leg, and Tommy did some, broke something else. So oh, then they, let's see, who did they, I can't remember who they brought in. It might have been Eric Sorby. Oh, yeah? I, w- I was Sorby's mechanic. I was, uh, oh, Jessiman. I was oh, Jessiman's yeah. mechanic. Yep. They brought him in. Um, brought John Dowd in for a race or two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lindsay was just juggling it. Lindsay was just, hey, what are you doing this weekend? You want to, ride you want to race? Yeah, oh, I was just
0: so- kind of uh, musical rider's there. But then uh, Jessamyn and I... Pretty, did pretty well and yep. uh, just, uh, Paul says, you know, we want to bring Jessamine on for Supercross mm-hmm. after Arena Cross and, and Jessamine wanted to bring me on with him. So well, that's how I got in with Paul Lindsay and Supercross and Motocross was with Jessamine and uh well so I worked with him. Um, you worked for him when he won? No. No. Okay. No no no. This was after he had already he, he had quit for a couple of no, years
1: no but he won and, the he, he won on a Motor World Yamaha on Orlando. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That's I what I mean. It, yeah. That was you?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Bones, there you go. First one to have supercars win as a mechanic. <laughs> that was where Dungy's bike broke on the crash. They red flagged it, and he, had to, he couldn't race because his bike was broken. They didn't have enough time, right, to change the motor out or something. It was a crazy, crazy race.
0: I remember, remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was in Orlando, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So remember the Orlando race.
1: So, you basically, you enjoyed being a mechanic then?
0: You liked it. Yeah, I did. I did, but uh, I just started getting really burned out with the traveling. Yeah, uh, I was I was Volman's mechanic when he did really good. Oh, were really? Milller-
1: Mil- you? At Millville? Yeah, I got second.
0: Yeah. We had some good graces. I was his mechanic. Uh, I was Rencada's mechanic.
1: Huh. I I few, uh, so funny that you were a mechanic. Keith Bowen, 125 national winner, former factory rider, turns out to be a mechanic. Uh, that's funny.
0: Sean Hackley, I was his mechanic. Oh, yeah? Huh. Oh so yeah, I had two riders.
1: <laughs> I mean, like you said, the traveling, when you combine your years of uh, being a racer traveling, it's like you never never really stopped. Then you went to Europe at some point. You know what I mean? At some point, it was like...
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think I was, figured it out. It was like gone 280 days a year or something. You know, It's just yeah. not, a, not much of a life when you're no. pushing, pushing 40. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I got out of it, too. I'm a media guy now, but... I got out of being a mechanic, you know, four or five years ago because it was just, and nobody realizes this, it's a lot of work. It, and I don't know how guys like Tony Berluti and Goose Gossler, how they keep doing it. Berluti's been a mechanic since 88 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. It's so much right. work. You know, obviously being a media guy is a little easier. So yeah. uh, you're still traveling, but it's, it's easier. So Yeah. <laughs> Um what anything else? Did we did we cover everything?
2: I uh, I think so. <laughs> I, I,
1: I I always ask this from everybody. I'm gonna ask you uh same thing. Your gimme your best race. I already know what your worst one is. I always ask everybody your worst race, that'd be Daytona eighty seven by far. Um but your best race ever. You have one?
0: Uh, my best race would either have to be the one of the two that I won. Yeah. In Denver or uh, Southwick, or Lake Lakewood or Southwick. Yeah. Uh, I always like Southwick being a sand guy. Right. Um, back to another another story. After winning Southwick, um, back to Europe, I, I tell all the KTM guys, "Yeah, I'm a sand rider. I won Southwick. I'm from Michigan. Yeah. Got a lot of sand.
1: Baja acres. Right. Baja.
0: First first race was in Lommel, Belgium. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no problem, sand, sand. Yeah. And I think I'm a good sand rider.
2: Right. Does
0: they it... take, they take 42 guys. I qualified 40th.
1: <laughs> sand isn't sand, it's is like,
0: it? <laughs> so this is not sand. Like, you're like, hold on, were, hold on. We had, we were, we were on the 380 KTM that, that that day with an enduro tank.
2: Yeah.
0: Run out of gas the last lap. Even with an enduro tank. Oh man! In, in the moto.
1: Were you in the You're points? Just... Were you in the points at all, or no?
0: No, heck no! <laughs> 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 I was probably 30th, <laughs> riding as fast as I was. I said, "Well, how do these guys go so fast?" Yeah. You know, uh, and uh,
1: well, we saw what happened in more customations this year, by the way.
0: I I I I, I knew they were going to have trouble, but I. They did better than I thought.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that
0: is not even a race like track that I've I've raced all over the world just like all these guys have and I was like yeah. Lummel. There's gonna be some some good guys that know that track.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, huh? Um uh, and even Southwick like when you did it as a rider when you won, it was sandier than it is when when you came back as a mechanic. I know oh, yeah. like you know, like what since I've been going even since I've been going, it's gotten harder and harder and harder base all the time. The sand is disappearing a little bit. Um yeah. so okay, your best race, one of those, the worst race, Atona eighty seven by far. Uh I'm gonna guess your regret, your biggest regret is not training, not taking it as seriously as you can and, and using your natural talent uh as much as you can. Probably. Right.
0: That would be correct. Yeah. Poor
1: poor Heben. Probably <laughs> you you'd probably give him an ulcer. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I, I remember him trying to get me to train. I think he hooked his dog up to me and said, go. <laughs> Pulled his dog to go. <laughs> uh,
1: funny. Um, I think I, well, he, he
0: told me to go run, and I'd run and get a cab ride back or something.
1: Oh, my God. It just sounds just like a lot like machine stories, to be honest. Um, uh, well, hey, uh, Keith Bowen, thank you for doing the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX uh Great stories, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you're a guy that's been on my checklist to do for a long time now, and I'm glad i I'm glad we got to talk and uh, people got to hear your story, man. I, I really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. I hope hopefully someone will enjoy it. <laughs>
1: ah, yeah, they will. Trust me. These things, these things, people love them. So, uh, thanks, Bowen, and maybe we'll see you at in Indianapolis this year.
0: Okay, I plan all to be there if all goes well.
1: All right, make sure you say hi.
0: See you. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye thanks for listening to this episode of the steve mathis show search pulp mx in the itunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the pulp mx app for
1: your iphone for the complete pulp mx fix